Welcome to Cooking the Books, the food and hospitality podcast discussing all aspects of the industry. We interview chefs, butchers, farmers, brewers, winemakers, restaurateurs, restaurant managers, and we talk about how they got to this point through the good times and the bad. We discuss what motivates them every day and what they've got planned for the future. This is Cooking the Books. This week on Cooking the Books, we had Adam Sanderson, the recently appointed head chef at 10 Minutes by Tractor. It was great chatting to Adam. He was really passionate about local produce and he really gave you a a look behind the scenes of some of England's best restaurants over the past 20 years. I hope everyone enjoys it. Now, over to the show. Okay, Adam, thanks very much for doing this. I really appreciate it. All good. Um, So we'll just get straight into it. So I want to know, where did you... um, where did it all start? What was your first job and how did you get into cooking? So my first job was pretty much straight out of school when I was 16. Left school, I think I had like a week off holiday, camping with the lads and that. And then we, uh, well I started at the, the Marriott Hotel in Newcastle. Yeah, straight out, straight in, apprentice. Yeah, it was like a day release. Like a, they, They'd basically come and assess me at the at the hotel, the restaurant. Why didn't you go to college? I just think it was, at the time, the, the head chef decided or thought that was better for me that I would be in the kitchen more involved in an actual working kitchen than actually going to college is that the the, the hotel opposite the central station no it's one in the uh, opposite Marriott Hotel uh, not Marriott Hotel the Marriott Centre oh yeah 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 I know what hmm. you mean yeah and what made you what made you choose that I was working there front of house because my mum worked there in reservations oh did she so she she got me doing like waiting tables on like breakfast Saturday Sundays Get your pocket money. Yeah, it was all right, man. It, was, it wasn't great, but it was all right. It was bought myself a new pair of jeans or whatever every, yeah, every yeah. couple of weeks. But no, it was good. Uh, yeah, doing breakfast shifts there. And then so I your s- mum's always, always been in uh, in hospitality? Not really, kind of on and off. Okay. Uh, that was a first kind of like hotel, kind of that, that side of things. Is anyone else in your family involved in it? Or? Nah, definitely not. No, no So what... So what, what you know, you get, a, you get a part-time job running tables. Were you just, like, looking in the kitchen and thinking, oh, that looks interesting? Yeah, or- yeah I was really keen. I got on well with a couple of lads in the kitchen, so I was pretty keen to, to get involved and see what they were doing. I enjoyed sort of waiting by the pass, waiting for the food to come out. They were probably annoyed as hell by me, sort of sat there watching them gulping all the time. But no, they just I just took it from there and then had a check. The head chef actually asked me if I was interested in coming in and doing the apprenticeship and stuff. So, yeah, I went from there. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was good. So then, so then did you have a, a career plan from there? Like... You know, or did you have a, a like a, a mentor? You know, it's, it's, or someone saying, "Oh, you should go here." Or what made you take your next step? Um, yeah, there was a, there was a. I was there for I think like two and a half, almost three years, doing the apprenticeship, then onto the com as a commie chef, doing breakfast shifts, all that sort of stuff. Uh, did pretty much all the sections of the kitchen, and then we had a, a guy came on from another hotel, who. He felt it was my time to move on and, and that's nice. And it's nice when there. that happens. Yeah, it was good. Like he was doing it for my benefit, obviously. But yeah. obviously, didn't, they didn't want to lose me from the kitchen. But I think it might have caused a bit of trouble at the time because the guys or the head chef there was pretty keen on me staying and being there long term. He's he's still there to stay. Yeah, of course, it's easier for him. Yeah, for sure, hundred percent. And that's 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 for him. But it was good that I kind of moved on and got out. I um, think that's a that's really good. To be honest, I think that happened to me a little bit. Like uh, yeah. when I was younger, they wanted me to get, keep stay on there, and there was no one to say go and do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I try and do that with a lot of young lads now. You know, it's pretty, it's really important. Not that I'm bitter or anything. I had a great time. I was loving it. I probably, I probably wouldn't have gone even if they had to be totally honest. I was having such a good time, but it would have been. Yeah, sometimes you need that kind of push and a bit of a kind of like yeah. move on, get on with it. Yeah, exactly. It happened in a restaurant when I left the Marriott. Actually, I went down to Nottingham. And then so there this for was your next job? Yeah, down in uh, in Newark. It was a little little place, uh, Brasserie Bistro. And I was there for a good, good few years as well. And it was actually the head chef there who'd seen sort of ads coming up in, in the caterer. Um, one the was caterer, for, far out. Yeah, yeah he used, we used to get the caterer every, yeah, every week. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was the go. Was yeah, it, man, was it, it was I think it was monthly. Was it monthly? Month, could be monthly, yeah. Yeah, I think it was. And there was the job sections in there. Yeah, yeah. That so wasn't was, the main thing before, like, delicious and yeah, yeah. all these ones. The caterer was in there. Everything was catering. Yeah, yeah. So we get that and we all sit down. I remember every morning we get, or every, every month that you say when we get it, we all sit down, have a cup of tea and all read the caterer. Yeah. And there was, like, do you remember, like, Hotel Olympia? 
Do you oh that? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, it was like in London. It, yeah. was, it was like a big event. Everyone did. would go Everyone down would there. Go and, down, yeah. yeah. Meet up. There'd be different people. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if that even still goes on. To be honest, I think so. It's like was a lot of it's on the social media as well now, isn't it? Everyone yeah. follows everyone on social media, knows what's going on there. That sort of way. So, so you've you've left the Marriott. You go to Nottingham because. Did the guy said, "Oh, you should go and get a new job." So you just found this new job in Nottingham, or was your family moving down? Oh, my there, parents right? moved at the time. Oh, okay, um, yeah. I think that kind of option came up, and I was just like, "Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to do it," and, and went with it. Um, got down there and worked a couple of, like, say, two or three years at uh, this bistro brasserie. Really cool place. Really good group of guys. I think it was only about four or five of us in the kitchen, but we we're doing some covers and we we're doing everything. Everything was, was was really good. But yeah, we did everything. He wanted everything on, like he wanted a good terrain on, like, all your basics. Yeah. He wanted like, everything on there, so we're all kind of learning new skills, and yeah, it was it was a good, really good crack. There's a lot of chefs in England though who were in small pubs and things around in England, which have worked for like top guys. They might have worked at the Manoir, or mm. they might have worked, you know, not maybe, maybe junior sous chef or chef de party or whatever they might have been, and then they just get a bit maybe burnt out or whatever it might, you know, get fed up of that style, and then just take a sidestep and go and work in. A brasserie or a bistro, and yeah. then as a young chef, you can go and work for them guys, and they've still got heaps of skills. Oh, they've got loads of skills, heaps and heaps of skills, and they'll actually so I mean, it's more beneficial because you can go and you know they'll teach you how to fillet fish like right next to you, you mm. know, and show you how to do that, make out, show you how to make souffles yeah. step by step. You're not just in a big team. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you've you've I I personally think you've got to understand all them basics. I worked. I was never interested in sort of becoming junior, junior sous or sous in a hurry whatsoever I was always wanting chef to pie positions working on sections working for chefs who were practicing all these good techniques and good classics it's, I think it's so important and then when it comes to a stage where you are a little bit later on anything ever goes wrong you can, you know how to rectify things you know how to go back and, 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 and sort things out and deal with more issues and also I think I, I totally agree and then also when you see other people making it you can say watch out for this stage yeah. because this is what's going to happen at this stage yeah. or you're troubleshooting yeah troubleshoot yeah before it happens you can yeah. say you know just make sure you wipe out that bowl because yeah. it's got any you know when you're wasting the egg, egg, uh, the egg whites because you know you want them to peak hard you know what yeah. I mean you, you know that you've got to wipe that bowl out nice yeah. and clean or they wouldn't think a little of that bit of salt or whatever it might be do you know what I mean yeah. so you, you have to have done it over and over and over again to know these kind of things like yeah definitely we used to have recipes actually sometimes that would have the troubleshooting at the bottom of it that's good so if this happened or you noticed I don't know you were whipping some you were making a chocolate mousse and it was whipping up it wasn't the colour it should be it was because of some this or that and if you wanted to adapt, adjust it or adapt it you could do that there was always different ways you could do it obviously if you none of them were in the troubleshooting you completely fucked the recipe yeah basically. yeah yeah, but yeah. It was good Which to have is, that. I guess it's just like the the whole thing of I think hollandaise is the classic example. Mm. You know, if you split the hollandaise, you just throw it out when you don't know what you're doing. But really, you just got to whisk a couple more egg yolks in. A couple of egg yolks, and of, maybe a little bit of water or something. Yeah, and get that back up to a salmon, yeah. and then add that to it. And you've saved the you know you've, you've saved all that butter, and you know yeah you know butter's money and that's it. So, um, what advice would you give to the young a young chef that is starting out? Would you say go to a small kitchen or? or yeah, I think so. I think if you sort of gone to a small kitchen where it's you kind of it's going to be a lot more intense. Cause it's going to be more. It's going to be difficult, be harder. But I think you'll you'll get your chances to work on a solid larder section. Well, not necessarily a solid larder section, but I think you will learn a lot more. Obviously, yeah, you relied upon, aren't you? Well, yeah, hundred percent. Because there's four of you in the kitchen. Yeah, exactly. If you, you out, if someone rings sick, then what what are you doing then? There's three yeah, of you in the yeah. kitchen. And, and if you, you go down, oh, you go down, you're going down. You go you've got to get yourself out of it. Yeah, exactly. That was exactly. how it always worked with me. Like you were going down no one was going to jump over and give you a hand it's not that they didn't want to but they couldn't they could look over and be like oh shit okay he's gone down but yeah maybe maybe throw me over your mushrooms I'll sort of yeah, them off for yeah. you or throw me over you such and such and I'll look after that for you yeah. you know get yourself but out you always had to get yourself out of it yeah yeah it's funny isn't it when it's like yeah, that yeah, yeah. I've been, the last few years I've been working in bigger kitchens where you can just pull a lad off another section mm. and go and jump on and help Joe blogs and you know tidy it up and sort it out and and you're back up again but in them yeah them no, you're happened. fucking flying solo isn't it it's I've crazy in places where snack section's going down with three people on it bringing another five stars years yeah, there's yeah. eight ten people on a section just pushing snacks out it's like okay maybe one day but yeah yeah exactly I like the smaller kitchens but if you're going to get involved get in a smaller kitchen somewhere where you're going to learn really learn your basics learn how to cook understanding the respect of food and then and then you go from there and I would say stick at places like that you've got to do at least a year year and a half I think 
yeah in some sort of re- sort of good sort of solid respectable places to get real experience yeah exactly and to like you've worked some amazing chefs there's no two ways about it gary rhodes heston uh rene Redzepi, paul cunningham mm. all these people but you're probably better off depending what kind of character you are would you say you're better off getting in there a little bit old a little bit more mature you know as opposed to 17 18 19 or would you say get in there early so you just straight in there at the deep end and they'll and train there or would you say go once you've got a bit more a bit more i feel places i feel places like gary Rhodes was somewhere i think you could go on young youngish right around 20s but places for me like the fat duck and things like that. i mean it's just my personal no, of course that's all you can give opinion but i think places like that you're better off going to once you've had your good solid experience because then you, you know how to cook yeah then you go to these places and you get some amazing techniques amazing ways of doing things and you'll have more of an understanding so then you can take it that away you come away from there eventually with the ability actually to be able to cook good solid food at the same time have some real awesome techniques yeah that you can use and adapt to your own ways and and how you want to do things yeah exactly no, i think if you jump in restaurants like that you don't know how to cook you're just going along with the techniques and yeah that's that's still good i guess but unless you've really got a great understanding of it you don't i don't feel like you would come away with as much at all yeah yeah exactly i guess it's referring to football you know you'd go you would you know you play for a sunday league team mm. you play for you know a, a, a county level you know even if you had loads of skills and you just got put straight into liverpool you just you know you're not going to really learn they're going to show you above your pay grade effectively they're going yeah. to show you techniques where you don't know the basics you yeah. still need to know how to one touch and pass bring the ball down mm. all these kind of things so you know you've got to come through and i guess that's why the clubs might send players out to other clubs to get the experience yeah, yeah, yeah. do you know what i mean like, like he's well, yeah. on, on loan exactly like, yeah. oh he's a great player but he just needs a bit more experience before he can come and play yeah. in the main you know do you know what i mean mm. no totally that's how i kind of see it like you're better off getting good fundamentals at a good restaurant and not just like um not just cooking but mentally mm. men you know like understanding the long days that takes a long time like yeah. 16 year old come out of school and you start doing like big old afds and whatnot you know you you, you can drag you down mm. but if you if, once you've done it for a couple of years and you've got a good you understand why you're doing it you know to build your career and this and that and you just get a bit more mature then when you get into these jobs and you, you, you just go in expecting to work all day, like yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah, basically. You know, this is this is fine. It's you know, it's I'm only going I'm building it for my own you know, my own repertoire or whatever it might be. Um like I say, you've worked for these guys, like the the the, the Gary Rhodes. I'm really fascinated about Gary Rhodes to be honest, because he was a big icon when we were starting yeah, out back. Big what, so when when did what year did you start cooking? Uh crikey when would that have been ninety nine, two thousand? Okay, yeah, so I was a bit earlier, so I was like 96, 97. Um, I remember getting the, the, the binder. You know what we were talking about last night? The, the, um, a, a, like a, a week, I think it was like a fortnightly subscription. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so I got the Gary Rhodes one. And really? different, different recipes come out. Like you got a, you know, like an entree, a start or whatever, and a main yeah. and a dessert in your binder, like £2.50, and then you put it in your binder, then after cool. six months, you've got, I've still got it at home. Like, I love Gary Rhodes. Road, you know, recipes around Rhodes, I think, yeah, one yeah. of the books is, or whatever, you know, desserts, and his spiky hair, and he was, he work, did he work at, um, he was the head chef, was it, was he the head chef at Castle? Yeah, Castle. Was it Cas- Taunton, Taunton, was it? Or? It was, I think it was Castle, and the, was he uh, the glass house? The glass house in London as yeah, well. There was yeah, there was roads in the square, and then yeah. Ro- uh, roads and well, that would be f- roads that would be before he like kind of branched out. Yeah, wasn't yeah, it? when was... he was just like the head chef, wasn't he? he was, like, yeah, that was like... the castle, and that was the glass house. Yeah, yeah. where he was like properly the yeah. head chef, and he was like him, Anthony Worrell Thompson, yeah. Brian Turner, all these guys like real old school. Like I used to, it was they were phenomenal. It, you know, it, like really, when you look back at it, the food that they were doing, especially like Gary Rhodes. It was regional food, hmm. you know, like England. He was he was representing England, wasn't he? Yeah. And like now, people are really doing that. We're like, yeah, it's know. come a long way. I think the last fifteen, twenty, well, fifteen years, you say at least, definitely. There's a lot of things going on in the UK, especially I think pretty common. You got all that kind of Great British menu and all that sort of stuff coming now. That. It's brilliant, man. I used to love watching that. I did. I watched it. I watched a couple of actually the other night on Netflix. They were Is really it on good. Netflix. Yeah, it was the one where they did the Olympic banquet. Great British menus on Netflix. Yeah, it was ones. Uh, who was who won went to the final? It was Clifford. Uh, oh yeah, Daniel Clifford doing that chicken dish. Crikey, was off the top of my head? I can't remember now. 
Yeah. But it was good, man. I remember sitting there watching it. I just used to love it, sitting there and watching. As soon as the theme tune kicked in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, like, especially if you've worked with some of the people yeah. on it. Do you know what I mean? You're like rooting for them. And yeah. It's a real competition. Like, it's a real oh, fucking competition. Yeah, yeah. You can see it when you go through all the stages, all the banter and that in the kitchen. You can see they're really at each other. It's, it's good crying. You'd be fucking nervous. Yeah, I'd be shitting my pants. Yeah, for sure. 100%. <laughs> anyway, let's go back to that. Let's. So, I want to break these kitchens down. So, like the 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 roads one like was that the, the next job that you did after nottingham uh yeah i moved down nottingham uh, to london by myself uh that was a pretty big move i think for yeah, me for I, sure. I went i went to a couple of places to be honest with you um just doing trials and things i remember the orrery being one of them uh that was when galvin was chris galvin oh was there, yeah maybe? galvin one of the galvin brothers chris, yeah he was chris there. And jeff uh, yeah i think I it was chris they're my favorite yeah that them. was a, that was a wicked place i don't think that was a really a kitchen for me and, and to be honest with you, it was a guy called Bryn Williams who was the head chef there, who he actually said to me, he said, if you've moved out of London for the first time, honestly, go check out as many restaurants as you can before you, you take a jump into the, to here or to the next one. He said, check everything out, work out exactly what you want to do, how are you going to do it? He said, because you're going to come down to London, it's going to eat you up. So make a plan. Have a plan. Go to somewhere you know is definitely... Suits you. It's going to push you in the direction you want to go into, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that was some really, really good advice, I think, at the time. I didn't know him. He didn't know me. And it was just a basically honest, straight up. He knew how it was. Obviously, How old was probably he, would worked. you say, then? Oh, he would have been sort of late 20s, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. But he was, you know, full of energy. Nice. Like a really good really good chef, really good cook. Um, so to hear that from him was like, okay, cool. Went away from there. Rang them and said, look, I'm going to think about it. I'm going to go to other trials. I think they could, he maybe probably expected it. Yeah. Um, then I got the job off at Rhodes. So I moved down there, like I said. Uh, by myself I spent a month it was pretty shit living in uh, just off London Bridge actually in a hostel oh fuck for a month yeah it was, it was shitty like every night they couldn't guarantee your night the next night me a bed in the same room that oh, next night so living out of a bag so you're living out your bag you take your bag down you shower you take your bag downstairs in the morning throw it in their locker room come back at night time loads of other tourists have arrived the day, during the day so you've got to dig your shit and your bag out oh. after you've just done this like long day then you're upstairs, you've got to find your bed in the dark because everyone else is already asleep because you're getting back at like midnight, one o'clock. Yeah, yeah. And then the same again, same again, same again. It was pretty... It was shitty, but at the same time, like... Cheap. Oh, cheap ass. Yeah, exactly. And it had to be because I wasn't getting paid a lot, to be honest with you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but uh, these experiences, but, you know, your eyes are wide open, you're in the big city. Oh, massive. You couldn't do that now. No. Nah. You'd be like, fuck that, you order. Yeah. Like, if you didn't do that, you wouldn't have done that. And if you didn't, you know, you just you couldn't go back, like yeah definitely I get it I get it well it's funny because one of the reasons why I went to Rhodes is because I actually when I lived and worked in Nottingham I applied for a job at the Fat Duck oh did which, you which uh, I got offered but then turned down oh. for whatever reason that would have been like old school as well yeah I think that was back when they probably had a, just a, had a star or maybe they just got a second star um, but I took well, for whatever reason was I think I was going to the States or something anyway I turned that down and then didn't end up going um, then applied for a job I don't know, maybe a year later. Got knocked back for that because I never have enough experience. Oh, really? But since that, they jumped up to the third star. They got number one restaurant oh, in the world. It's kind of slim line. Yeah. So basically, it was kind of like, yep, yeah, not, not, a, not a chance, mate. Um, that's why I decided go to London, go work some like Rhodes where I knew it was a solid one-star restaurant and I was going to take a load from it. Stick in there. I always kept my eye on the Fat Duck and what was going on there because it was, it was something that I was always like fascinated by. Yeah. Even just that, that first time I've gone out for a trial, everything about it was just was absolutely awesome. I mean, I was a full nut set job the first time, but it was obviously for a reason. And yeah, it, well, it all made sense eventually. Definitely. Um, yeah, so I did Rhodes and then. So what was the what was the kitchen like in Rhodes? Like, you know, the, the environment. What was it? Was it like oh, a, it was hard. a big central stove in the center, or was it like a line, or like how? What was it like? You came in came in the back door. You had your, your pastry section as you walk in the kitchen. Yeah go through there you've got your chef's office on the left on the right hand side you have your, your walk-in fridge door and on the walk-in fridge door would be everyone's names in order of their positions that everyone knew everyone they came in right yeah okay yeah just so you know who you are where you are in it's clearly order. written on the fridge before you even get to your section every time you go in the fridge you could see it was a massive bold print anyway you walk in you had your cold larder section hot larder then you had your fish section. Is big it like stove. a square? Is it yeah, square? it's big, big square. Yeah. Huge kitchen. Like not huge, but a big kitchen. All glass windows that looked out over over um, 
over the city of London because it was it was on the twenty fourth floor. Oh, beautiful! It was absolutely stunning. So, what's the restaurant called? I know it was going on. It was Rose Twenty Four. Rose Twenty Four. It's closed now because yeah. now um, Jason Atherton's got it. Oh, it sounds it's like fair. City Social, I think it's right, called now. Okay. So you get in the lift, you go up in the lift, get come in the lift, out. Twenty four floors up, you get yeah. changed downstairs. Twenty four floors up, you're in in the kitchen. Yeah, there's a big sort of square kitchen. You had your your fish section, big stove top. Uh, other side you had your sauce, meat and meat and uh, sauce and garnish section. Sauce um, and garnish for the fish, or sauce and garnish for everything. Sauce and garnish for the meat, and then your fish would do their own garnish. Right. Okay. Uh, so you'd a, you'd have a meat cook. You have yeah. He would just be cooking your meat. Cooking your meat. And yeah. at the back you'd have your garnish. You would just be doing the garnish. Garnish for and the, the meat. sauce. And the sauce, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then on the mise en place on that. Would the would the meat guy and the garnish guy work together, or would it be the meat guy just prepped all the meat? Meat the, guy prepped the meat and did the stocks and sauces. Oh, he did the stocks and sauces for yeah. the garnish guy. And then the uh, actually, sorry, I haven't said that during the service. The the meat meat cook would have the sauces prepared. They'd be putting these little teapots. Yeah. So you put them on in the little edge, teapots, little metal yeah. teapots, yeah. pots you get for like breakfasts. Yeah. They'd be set up by the grill, so they yeah. stay hot by the grill. Yeah. And yeah, obviously they filter off so you don't have a, a skin on your sauce, or whatever. Um. Yes, that was that setup basically. Nice. It was good. It was pretty. It was a pretty, pretty solid kitchen. It was five doubles. Yeah, it was Monday to Friday, so it wasn't too bad. But still, oh, you five good. doubles. Big lunches or big dinners or. Bl- oh, you were 80-80 every day. Yeah, that's yeah. Okay. So you were full booked. You know exactly what you're doing. Service could go anyways. Same as anywhere really. You don't know what you're going to sell. What you're going to do. Yeah, and was it like um, set lunch or was it like a la carte, a la carte, or was it? A la carte. Was tasting menu even around in them days? Nah, no. I don't. I don't think they were even interested in doing tasting menu. No. Nah. I think the only time we ever did a tasting menu. Actually, no, it wasn't. That was a, that was a choice menu when we did uh, Squeezy Marmite, the launch of Squeezy Marmite. <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> Squeeze, squeezy Marmite, Marmite Hollandaise is pretty good. I call it that. Uh, yeah. So, it was, obviously, it was like an old school veal bones, pig's trotters. Oh, massive, yeah. You know, fish bones. No sous-vide sous- cooking. No sous- yeah, yeah, exactly. Racks in, breaking down lambs, yeah, using yeah. The, all of it, you know. Yeah. And would you do a set lunch, like a cheap set lunch, yeah. or cheaper? I like that. They moved on to that, and I a lot that. of restaurants did. I love that. It's, a, it's it's absolutely awesome. I think it makes it way more accessible for yeah, exactly for Everyone. whoever. Yeah, yeah, exactly to go and actually eat a one star or a two star or just someone who's got a, a big reputation as Guy Rhodes or uh, Michelle Rue Junior at the, the Gavroche and definitely Claude Bossy when he was the, yeah, the yeah, square. Yeah, I've been I've had, I've had off the set lunch twice at the square. I think I've eaten there three times, and not for being tight. I just I just like eating off the set. It's two choices. It was just yeah. like. Two and two, two, two and two. So like you go with two people, you just say, well, we'll just give us, I love this, you know, we'll have everything basically, that and that. And it, there's no choice. I hate making a choice as it is. It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, I mean. It's just like, yeah, that's cool. But at the same time, they, they can't put a, a lunch menu out cheaper and, and risk their reputation by just putting any old crap out or whatever. Shit, not quality not of these guys who would, at that level, would ever do that because it's just not their mentality in the first place. Yeah. But I just think it was, it was, it was pretty cool. It was a way to get people in who wouldn't necessarily be able to go to them kind of restaurants. Definitely. Especially as a young chef, when you're getting paid for call. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You're getting, yeah. you're getting paid, like, I remember when my apprenticeship, I was get, I got paid £75 a week. And then I yeah. got, a, then after I was there for two years, I got a pay rise of 120 bucks, 120 quid a week. I got 60 when I started off, 60 quid. 60 quid? Yeah, I don't think it went up for, uh, oh, I was not probably there for about a year. And then it probably went up to about the same as that, 120, 130 quid a, uh, a week. 120 quid a week yeah that's mental <laughs> 60 quid a week I mean what chef now is on 60 quid a week and tries to get by and yeah it's, yeah. it's fucked but like you got to be at the end of the night for me where, where I work you know we got to be at the end of the night you got staff food yeah and I was there every day so like I got to be at the end of the night I got my dinner my lunch and my dinner I was only off two days a week I was only like 16, 17 and I had six, well 75 quid in my hand or whatever yeah. happy days 75 quid was better more than school time. <laughs> better than fucking school where I went you know I got paid for a call and I had to pay for my own dinners and I didn't yeah, get a beer so it was like I was, I was winning you know? living the dream yeah That's exactly living the dream and what was the um, what were the what were the guys like there was it mainly English was it like you know was it intense yeah, screaming it was more... shouting or bit, just a strict not bullying but just strict it was really hard it was hard for, it was hard for me I think because I came down from the north it was, all the lads in the kitchen were all yeah, they're all London boys, all sort of school in London and, and been working in different kitchens in London. Were you the youngest? Um, no, nah, there was 
two more guys younger than me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the rest were all sort of, yeah, Southerners, London boys. So I think me coming down was like the Northerner that, yeah, I did cop a bit of shit for the first year, to be fair. Like, yeah, a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty full on. It was, it was pretty shit days. And you'd, you'd literally sit there on a Sunday night when you go back to work on the Monday morning, just like... Worried. Yeah. You'd, yeah. you'd have... Anxiety. You'd get, yeah. yeah. Anxiety was just out through the roof. Like, Saturday, you'd have a day off and you'd enjoy that Saturday. But then on the back of my mind, I'm thinking, shit, tomorrow's Sunday. The clock's spinning. Then four Sunday, I'm off. Yeah. Four o'clock. Fuck. Yeah. Six o'clock. Oh, shit. Yeah. Got to work, to work tomorrow. I've got to go to bed now because I'm going to be up in the yeah, morning. I'm yeah. ready early in the morning. Yeah. But yeah, I've had some yeah, pre-mental stories from, from that time. But I mean... I took a hell of a lot from it and maybe I got the uh, kicking up the arse that I needed because I, I was kind of a bit confident a bit cocky when I came down from from Nottingham and I don't think I felt I knew everything but I, I kind of did have this kind of relaxed kind of bit of cockiness about me and I think basically it was a case of just basically knocking that out of me like like some kitchens do they knock things out and then they build you back up again yeah, yeah, and it was yeah. literally a case of that and it really did make me focus and appreciate it and I look back now and I think it's probably one of the greatest and the, probably the best experience that I've had of cooking yeah I've got to be I've got to be honest I, I, I would I would love to have roads I would love to mm. he was just such an iconic chef like from, from our age young chefs probably don't even know who he is now no Gary Rhodes would be like Gary Rhodes no. who's Gary Rhodes but he was like the fucking he was the boy like he was doing do you remember Rack and Black do you know that no dish? he used to do um, a, a rack like lamb loin like you know off the rack yeah from the rack of lamb Take it off the bone, black pudding, roll it in the same size, put them together, and then wrap it in coal fat and roast it, and it's oh, called it rack yeah. on black. Yeah. It's fucking beautiful. That sounds beautiful. No, it's, like, he was doing things. That, yeah, he was great. I he was it. man. He was he was he was really good. He'd be in the kitchen a couple of times a week, and he'd, he'd do service a few times. But he was he was pretty awesome. Like I think to see, especially at that kind of age, yeah, he did come in. You did get sort of knock back a bit and you were really kind of a good kick up the arse but at the same time when you had that second you'd look over in the past and you'd see the head chef plating or sous chefs or Gary himself plating the the touch they had on copper pots and pans that came down and how they plated food was just I just looked and was just like in absolute admiration I thought shit one day yeah yeah, yeah. the way it was just I don't know it's, I mean, it sounds a bit weird but no, it's one of the things not. you just can't describe like just to watch how they kind of sauce pots were given down sourced Sauce pots spun back round, the handle falls perfect. Yeah, uh, it just it yeah, just yeah. it just worked really well. It was so smooth. It was it was it was like like almost like watching like an like it's art. Yeah, like, for sure. I remember seeing the first, a guy toss, working pasta, like the emulsifying the pasta with the sauce, like shit, like tossing it with one hand and then with a, like a tongs with the other hand working it with the other hand and working two hands together yeah. and working them tossing it and working it in and then you know and I thought fuck that looks like. That looks awesome, like it's a mid, rhythm. Looks, you're in control. You're, you're yeah. in control. You, yeah, it's pretty cool. Definitely. And he was like the first rock star. Let's be like, he was doing like uh, adverts. He was on telly yeah, was on and everything. Like he used to do the sugar, didn't he? Yeah, smile. It's Tate and I, wasn't it? Yeah, yes, yeah. Anyway, so that was that kitchen, and then you went on to the Fat Duck. Yeah, went on there afterwards. So what was what before we go into that a bit more? But what what was the kitchen like there, as as opposed to the style of kitchen at, at um, Gary Rhodes? Obviously, Rhodes had a smaller team. I think we had. So we have at Rhodes at the time. Two, three, four. Probably about seven, seven, eight chefs um, in one kitchen. Whereas you went to the Flat Dock, it was a real sort of small kitchen, but a larger brigade. Yeah. But it was just systems and how it was all set up. It was, it was incredible. Like everything had its place. Everything was done just so precise and. Well, up to a three-star level. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's incredible. But everything about going to the Fat Dog just absolutely blew me away. And that thing that was from the first time I ever went there. I always remember the smells and the way. I remember that the first time I ever went there was back when I was in Nottingham. It was actually Ash, Ashley Palmer Watts, who's now she's sort of Heston's right-hand man executive of, of sort of the, the Fat Dog group. But he was, I think he was like maybe like a chef de party or something when I went was to Was he? Dog. Yeah, and I remember. That I remember, first time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was always the was part of that experience and, and going there and having that experience with Ash at the time he was awesome like it was just it was a really good place like I said whatever reason I didn't go anyway finally get there again this this third opportunity or whatever or second opportunity um, yeah it was just incredible it was just a really 
prep kitchens all set up. So you had your butchery going there, um, stagiaires doing mise en place. Um, you had a pastry prep kitchen uh, out the back. You also had upstairs the lab. We'd have the guys in the lab sort of prep, preparing, organising and getting ready for sort of new dishes or Heston's feasts were on TV and stuff like that. Yeah, it was just incredible. So for me, it just blew me away. And then to be a part of that was pretty exciting. So you do, you, you start off there and you start work your way through different sections. And, and again, the way you were spoken to, the way you were treated, it was very professional. It was nothing like Rhodes, which is it was good for me because I'd kind of moved on from that period and, and moved on to from that sort of environment. Yeah. So I find, I find that that level, that with the roads and that, and I've worked in that environment where they like scream you into shape. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, you just get. Then it's very unlikely you're going to get sacked in an environment like that. They just give you grief until you either leave or you just get better. You don't really get sacked. That's mm-hmm. why I've, I've. Yeah. To be honest, that's how I've seen it. Basically, yeah. Uh, but where like uh, the fat duck and that, it's more like they ask you. They don't scream you. They ask you. They ask you again. And if you if it needs a third asking, well then you're not really fit to work yeah. here. So it's no, like, that was that was that was true. And you would never, I know there was some times when you you got sp- speaking to by Ash, it was never shouting. It was never out of control. It was straight to the point. Tell you exactly what has happened, what should have happened, what shouldn't have happened, or whatever. Yeah, and you felt you felt pretty crap because I think the way Ash communicated and people communicate in that kitchen. You almost didn't want to let people down. So when you did let people down, there was no need for the shout. There was no need for the, any aggression or any shit like that. It was a case of fuck. I've let Ash down, or I've let Johnny down, or I've let whoever down. Like you, you generally felt crap. You're like, okay, I'm not gonna let that happen again. You can't, you can't let that happen again. You basically. take it seriously, don't you? Oh, 100 percent. Like you say, it's very systematic. Yeah. It's Definitely. very, it's, mm-hmm. you know, you, these are the systems where where roads. It's a bit more like, even though it'll be the systems because it wouldn't happen without the system. It's that style of kitchen's a bit more. There's a lot more room for error, isn't there? Yeah. You're getting pushed. Even though you're getting pushed at the fat duck and whatnot, yeah. you're a little bit more on the edge, aren't you, at, yeah. at, at the roads and that? It I could, was. It could all collapse at any moment. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Uh, I think I was more on a way more on edge at roads than I was uh, at the fat duck. But, and you could argue that kind of on the edge <clears throat> kind of environment isn't a creative environment where you would like to, you, you think for the fat duck is probably a bit more of a creative, more creative environment. Whereas the roads is more of just. Uh, Shut up and learn. Yeah, Put your exactly. head down. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, ask questions, but there's a time and a place also for your questions. Yeah, there's a lot of thinkers, isn't there, at the Fat Duck? Yeah. That, you know, a bit more studious kind yeah. of chefs there as well, really. Let's be honest, it's like that, you know. There was, there's a lot of people when I first started there who came from sort of whatever two, three star restaurants in wherever in Europe, or we had quite a few people from who were international from, from all over the place. Um, which was really awesome as well. Like they're bringing their kind of ideas through, and it was also, I guess, taken into consideration. I mean, obviously, within reason and rights, but yeah. Well, I remember hearing about the fat duck, and I think it was like maybe like ninety nine or two thousand round or there, and they were saying, and I heard about the water bath. That's what I heard. Yeah, yeah. I heard about like there was this thing on the grapevine, the water bath, the water bath, and genuinely, I was like, I didn't say anything. I think it's probably the first time I've ever said it out loud. Like they've got a bath. Like I could only see when someone said bath, I could only see this thing with a plug, you know, a fucking rubber duck. You know what I mean? I was like, and people just dropping meat in like yeah, poor meat. Like what the yeah, fuck I was is like, that? I was like, so they've just got a bath. Like did they just take it out of the bathroom or like where did they get this bath? Honestly, I was I just couldn't get yeah, my yeah, head yeah. around it. Obviously now, every fucking people have got them in the house. Do yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? But like yeah. when I first heard about it, I just couldn't get me no I'd, I'd, I'd never cooked it until i was about 25 26 i hadn't cooked sous vide whatsoever i'd cooked literally everything was roasted braised confit poached or whatever you know what i mean yeah. it was everything was like that and there was not even any thought to sous vide cooking in any of them kitchens yeah you wouldn't even mention it if you mentioned it, it was like shut up like, no you just wouldn't even mention it yeah it would just be a stupid thing to say i remember like you say cook, just roasting like you know roasting a duck yeah. Put, you know, putting it in the oven, you know, sealing the skin or rendering the fire, getting the cuddles or whatever. And like, you know, put it in the oven for four minutes, six minutes, the timer goes off and you're like, fucking hit the timer. Or maybe you forget to put it, but you hit the timer, you start doing your fucking garnish and then like, fuck the duck! Yeah, Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Fucking pull out, it's all curled <laughs> up, you're like, fuck! And they're like, table 27 away, two duck, or, you know, one duck, and you're like, oh, um, 
I haven't got the duck. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't got the, the duck. Ready. Where, where's the duck? Oh, <laughs> the duck's fucked. <laughs> that duck, no duck. I'm like, shit, man, it was fucking stressful. That is so stressful, isn't yeah, it? But now it's not. Now you, you've got it in a, in a backpack bag and you just drop it in your in your, yeah. your bath. Do you think it's good or do you think it's bad? It's good and bad. I think, I think it is good in certain ways and if you're using it correctly, yes, it's really good. It's bad if you just which some people do just bag everything up drop it in the bath and just leave it there strewn away yeah, I think yeah. there's same as anything you've you've got to know your methods you've got to know your techniques you've got to have the understanding of cooking in the first place yeah I think it's good some things it's are, are fucking, great it's, it's horrible when you miss like, when that does that that happened that's probably happened to me like a hundred times I'm not even joking maybe oh, I'm yeah, just yeah. stupid it's happened to me heaps yeah. of times man, yeah. when I forgot stuff heaps and heaps and heaps of times or you've gone on a whole table on a section you've gone on a whole table You've put everything up and you're going to finish off. I know it could be the lobster omelettes we used to do at Rhodes. Put your lobster omelette under the grill. Yep, cool. I've got, say, 10 seconds out of glaze. Turn around, sidetracked. Next thing you know, your lobster omelette's burnt. Yeah. Black as hell. <laughs> and it's like, where, where's the other lobster, lobster omelette? There is no other, other lobster omelette. I'm fucked. Yeah. Okay, we'll fucking redo the whole table. It's f- it could be a table of six. It could be a table of eight. Uh, all just gets thrown back at you. It's like, redo the whole table. If all because you just burnt or just forgot yeah. for one second about your fucking lobster omelette under the grill. Man, it's funny. It's funny. And then, obviously, you got the opportunity to work at Noma for a period of time. Yeah, I, I didn't do too long there. I was only there for maybe sort of three, four months, I think. And what was that? Envi- what was that environment like? Again, a difference compared to? Oh, it was very different. It's a really, really cool kitchen. Really great place. Incredible team and, and energy and things like that. Um, I just think at the time, I'd gone through roads. Then I'd come to the Fat Dog, and I'd really kind of worked hard on trying to keep into systems and keep in, in control and calm and, and organised and all that sort of thing and I just think I went to the Noma and it was just a completely different environment for me personally Yeah. Um, but at the same time maybe I don't think I was right at the time to work at a restaurant like that um, but I did take a lot away from it and I do respect and, and think what they've done and what they're doing is, is incredible I think and, and the energy that they, they really bring to the whole team it is a real kind of team team spirit team place it's, it's cool yeah. yeah. So where did you and did you work for Paul Cunningham for a short period of time? Yeah, well? I left. I left there and I went to Paul, um, where I worked for a season. He was only open seasonally because it was um, in a place called Tivoli Gardens. Oh yeah. In Copenhagen, really beautiful, um, huge garden, like sort of it was like a fun park in the in the centre of the city. Um, he had a cracking little restaurant. It was like maybe fifty covers we'd do up to, uh, one star Michelin. Um, just a really cool environment. He, really his cool stuff guy. Looks unbelievable. He's wicked. Like he's such a, a good, cool, humble guy, and he's yeah. It was just a good fun uh, place to Essex? be. Is he from Essex? Is he from Essex? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he is. Yeah, a Londoner, but I mean, yeah. a Southern boy. He look. His stuff looks just, and he looks quite quick. I don't know him from Adam. You know, I really don't. But I don't know him from yeah at all. And um, but his stuff looks unbelievable, and he look. It looks quite quirky. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like he looks like he's really enjoying himself yeah he does he is and he's really he's just one of the big characters like he comes in the kitchen he really kind of takes all that whole kitchen that whole atmosphere and it's, it's really cool to be around I know what you mean there like and you're like you just get swept along with yeah, it like easy, easy yeah yeah and he's got such a just a way with, with people and I remember was it we were making I think it was lamb neck we were doing some sort of confident lamb neck or something I remember asking like how long how long and what temperature should I be cooking this at and he looked at me he's like piss off he's like fucking touchy feely kitchen here mate stick it in there at this this temp do it for this long have a bit of a feel if it's done it's done if it's not give it a little bit longer it's in fucking times and temperatures get out of it and I was like alright fair enough cool easy I've heard um, I've, I've had a few mates that have worked for um, at St John's for Fergus Henderson hmm. and they said and I don't know if it's because of you know he's got, he's got I think it's Parkinson's or whatever it is or he's got something not quite right with him unfortunately but he um he was saying he uses quite a lot of noises yep. when he explains a little bit like you know like and he explains it in like these crazy ways but just on the button you know exactly what he means yeah. like, that's fucking that's that's a real skill as well do you know yeah, what I mean? it's good and like you said I guess the point I'm trying to make is that you've got to feel it you know their style you've got to feel it it's not just times and temperatures like you're saying like you can even explain that by a squeak or a noise or yeah. whatever I want it like this or you know it's it's it's, yeah. it's smart Um. Who who would you say would give who's give you the the best piece of advice? Mark, who was uh, Mark Osborne, a guy called Mark Osborne, who I started at in Nottingham. He'd always be 
trying to push me in the direction and it was it was never a case of I want I want you to leave go go away go do this it was a case of look this job it was um two jobs came up actually he was in the caterer back then was uh Gordon Ramsay and Tom Akins both them places separate occasions he pulled out and said I think you should go and check these places out he was really into me going forward and, and doing my thing and, and, and getting out there and there was never anything selfish about him to to hold me back and, and keep me part of that team there I think he just wanted me to move on and, and do as best I could and, so and not waste so it wasn't actually a piece of advice it was like he was just encouraging just more, yeah more, of, more sort of guidance he'd give me a lot of advice in terms of what I should, how not what I should do but what he thought I could do or how I should do it did you ever watch Boiling Point? Yeah. Yeah, obviously. Well, it, was, <laughs> it was the bit. It was so it's good. Awesome. Yeah. I still watch it now every now and then. Like, you'll flick it back on and watch it. So, in Boiling Point, I think Mark Sargent, I think, is it Mark Sargent? Yeah, yeah. He said, on there, he said, someone asked him what was the best piece of advice he'd got. I'm pretty sure it went something along these lines. And anyway, it came out of his mouth that he said, always treat your, treat your section the way you'd run, run your section the way you'd run your kitchen. Hmm. And he said that in Boiling Point. And I took that from just watching Boiling Point, and then I, yeah. I, I took that for it. That was probably, it's not the best bit of advice I've been given. It was, I like, I just took it. I was like, that's a fucking good. And you know, recently, about six months ago, I sent him a message on Instagram. I said, you once said this on Boiling Point. I just want to say thanks very much. Uh, no, I took that bit of advice and I use it throughout my career, and I feel like it really worked well for me. And he replied back and said, oh, that's really good. That's really that's, cool, that's, that's made my that's made my week. He said, yes, he said that's made my week. It's really nice for you to, to, to let me know that that, that had an effect on you. Yeah. But yeah, run your kitchen, run your section the way you'd run your kitchen. It's so true. Like, it's mm. such a fucking clear bit of advice. Yeah. Anyway, it's about you, not me. Um, <laughs> um, well, I didn't have an answer, did I, really? So, <laughs> so it worked. <laughs> I felt that went in for you. Um, um, so, obviously, you had the opportunity to work with a lot of good chefs, like the Hestons and the Gary Rhodes and these kind of people. But... Just normal, regular cooks. You must have had the opportunity to work with really good, just normal cooks. And no one knows. There's so many out there. Oh, loads, There's yeah. There's millions out there that no one knows. So, like, can you give us some of, some of the... If you you don't have to, but if you can give some of the names of some of the guys that you've worked with, that you thought, like, fuck, that's a super talented lad. Um, a few lads, actually, in the kitchen at Rhodes. Um, I don't actually keep too much in contact with them now. But at the time, they were just young lads, just good cooks, good solid cooks. And that always kind of driv- drove me on because I wanted to just... You want to keep up. You don't want to fall yeah, behind. You yeah. want to keep up. You want to be up there with them boys. If you're in that kitchen and you're pushing on, you want to be at that same level. So if you ever fell down or fell back or dropped behind, you felt like you were really sort of not up there where you should be. Um, the fact that I definitely worked with a few sort of really good, really good guys. A lot of people, not a lot, but quite a few people have worked with the fact that they've gone on, on their own restaurants and doing some really cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, another lad called Martin. Um, where is he from? Was he Belgian? I think he was. He's uh, on his own place back home. He'll be doing amazing things. He's a, he was a really good cook. Just just a great touch, great cook. Um, really organised, really clean. Um, really in, sort of inspiring as, as a chef that you're working side by side with. Um, Namai, uh, who came to the Duck, was my, one of my sous chefs at the time. He's got a place now in Tokyo called Lefevescence. Oh. He's a real... He's someone who really inspires me as well. Just his, just, just his whole manner, his whole outlook on food, cooking, life. He's a real calm, cool character, really clean, and just a real good person to be around. I think for me as well, people like that is is really inspiring. The calm thing's hard. Yeah, I am definitely not calm. That's mm, really I, I am sometimes. I'm not others. Like it, it depends. I don't know. I try my best to be, and and everyone does. But you, everyone has that point of. Maybe a snap or I don't know where you got a spot where you kind of yeah lose it a bit. Some people like I I quite enjoy me personally that kind of like fat duck kind of you know spoken to and you know that environment where it's a bit more like calm and that mm. that isn't really for me to be honest. Yeah. I, I prefer a bit more of the hectic yeah kind of environment. Personally, that's what I like. Yeah. You know, a bit more like just tinkering on the edge and it could all collapse yeah, and yeah. sometimes it does and you're like fuck <laughs> that wasn't really that you know but I, I prefer that chaos environment but yeah. that's just what I, you know yeah. that's what I prefer maybe but, some people were better in that environment yeah that's that's why well that's clearly why everyone's different some people do prefer that environment and want to work in that environment I don't anymore I don't particularly like it I know sometimes I can get a bit pissed off or you, same as anyone like I said before you can, you can lose your shit whatever but 
I like a bit more of a calmer, happier control environment. Yeah. I feel for me then it all seems like it's in control. If it's not, and it kind of is all over the place, it's like it's not being controlled, it's not being Yeah. But that's just my thought. It's just doesn't yeah, mean yeah, it's yeah. right, it doesn't mean No, no, for sure. Yeah. It, obviously now in, in City Ladder it's totally controlled and mm. but it's not a restaurant, it's completely different. It's now it's you know, it's now like a production factory style and whatnot. So it, it has to be a bit more in control. Yeah. Um but now with, with stuff like that with people and stuff you work with even just sort of the lads you run off now and, and part basically running with Ash the Dinner by Heston teams they're all lads I work with who they're massive inspirations as well they're just absolutely top lads like good group of guys that I was lucky enough I think to work with uh, take a lot from and to see people like that who you you really respect and appreciate as, as, as mates and as cooks you really appreciate seeing good people do do good stuff yeah because you know they've been through the trenches as well like, yeah of course and everyone, everyone, and same with you here like it's awesome to see what you guys are doing it's, and it really it, it is it's really inspiring because again it's good people who you really respect you work with you know they're, they're great cooks and they're great people and to see them do well and do something that's that's taken off it's it's really cool it's really inspiring I think for sure I, yeah. exactly everyone, you get inspiration from everyone I think um, and in these big kitchens there's a lot of repetition right Heaps of repetition. Yeah. Uh, how did you? How did you find? How did you find that? You know, because you're pretty, pretty creative. So how how did you find the repetition thing? I wasn't too wasn't too much of a problem. I think for me, because I just wanted to. Like I said, I was never that bothered about being Sue or Junior Sue or or anything like that. Where you would would, would be more creative. I was always just more focused on doing the jobs, doing them right, doing them correct, and consistently. So the kind of repetition for me wasn't a big deal. I just enjoyed it, and I enjoyed getting it right. So now if I go back and I make some sauce, whatever it might be, or hollandaise, or whatever, or lobster thermidor, I know I wouldn't even have to look at a recipe. I know I could smash one out, and it would be consistent every time, and it would yeah. be to a good standard. Yeah. So for me, the repetition never really bothered me because I knew I could be creative. I knew I think about the times where I was working the chef party, I was just focused and wanted to learn, learn, Creativity learn. was going to come. Creativity would happen later on at later a later stage. Yeah. I don't think I ever really thought that far ahead. I don't think I ever still do think that far ahead. You don't? To be honest. No, I'm, I'm, I know I probably should. I know where I'm at a stage now where I'm really happy. And I feel like if this all goes to plan, this is how it is. And I'm, I'm in with a great company and, and some amazing things can come with it. But obviously I've got to give a lot for that. Um, so no repetition for me was never yeah, it I was a lot of other people I know yeah it is it's we had a lot of people walk out and leave because they didn't want to do the same thing over and over yeah. again I, but what, you know it, I, I think of it in so many different ways again you can go back to football or you can go back to you can go to boxing you know like someone like Mike Tyson will practice the left hook or ducking and weaving or whatever mm. bobbing and weaving or whatever he'll practice it and practice it and practice it repetition 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 rep and like you yeah. know jujitsu you know Repetition, repetition on on things to get it into the head, into the head, into the head. Repetition, repetition. And there's people that are like, I don't want to do that. It's not, you know, I do it a few times. Like, I've got that technique, let's say, and they'll move on to the next technique. Then, oh yeah, I've got that. And they only ever stay at one level. Mm, really. Yeah. The people that do the repetition seem to go just that yeah. little bit further. I think it's probably the same as well with the food. You know, if you don't get bored on, like, no disrespect to kids now, but. You'd be on a section for like fucking nine months, a year. Oh, easy. I've done that like a year. I've been on a section a fucking year. Any chance of me going on to something yeah. else? Or like, well, you can't run Now, if you're on two weeks and you're on snack section, well, I don't be in, I can be on the uh, hot section. I want to cook. When can I learn to cook? It's like, well, learn to just even clean your, your fridge. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fridge. First, or yeah, maybe yeah. clean your deep fryer or just clean your section in general. And then we'll maybe start considering. It's funny, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's great. And like, you know, you could go so deep into going off on that. You can go so deep into it, like the 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 rise in the celebrity chef is bringing more staff and more interest and yeah. probably more money and all these kind of things. More people eating out and the standard then because people home cooks are getting better and all these kind of things makes you after this your game and everything else. But on the same hand, it's people want to be a bit quicker. You know, there's yeah. there's positives and negatives to to all to all aspects of that, isn't there? Um, but the same one of the things I was told at Rhodes was was by my head chef there Adam Grace always said never run before you can walk I know yeah. it sounds so simple and so plain but it is true like learn your basics learn this learn that 
then that'll come later. For now, just concentrate on what you're doing. And how, like, how do you think the industry has changed in the last 20 years? Have you been cooking 20 years? 20 years, yeah, yeah. 20 years. How do you think it's changed in the last 20 years? Well, I think the introduction of, like you said there, celebrity chefs and all them sort of things and sous vide cooking. It's... That's why I think sometimes like the sous vide can be a good thing and a bad thing. A good thing if it's right because you're using it for the right reasons and the right techniques and you understand cooking. Not really because then anyone can come in, backpack whatever they want, stick in a water bath and then they're... Do you know what I mean? Is that... No, no, no. I, I, I don't know how to say I, it exactly. I get what you're saying, 100% I get what you're saying. Yeah, the... It's pretty sim. It's simplified that yeah. way, isn't it? It's 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 more clinical. It's more you know. You just do this, do that. You know, like there's no touchy feely. Do you know what I like yeah. to say? There's there's none of that going on. Yeah, it's it's it, it's a it's a tough one. Is it really is like? But that's why I think when you're planning out your career as a young chef, you've got to this day and age because it's so it's so vast this now, and there's so many styles. You know, like. Yeah. There's a guy, a French guy that used to work in Japan who then went to Mexico and now he's doing Mexican, Japanese, French food. Do you know what I mean? Or there's this guy, do you know what I mean? Like, and it's so intertwined where you might go, you know, this guy, he used to work at St. John's baking bread and he also used to work at like a fine dining restaurant and now he's doing this really cool refined bread where the mill don't flat. So you're like, oh, actually, I I won't mind Mm. learning how to do bread with him or... You know, there's some guy that used to be a butcher and he's now working. Do you know what I mean? So that you can plan your career almost now a little bit more. So I think what you've got to do is you've got to look at it and go, right, okay, I want to learn traditional cooking and I want to go to work at St. John's. You know, we'll use it, people, that's what they want to know. But then once you've been to St. John's, you say, well, you know, that's quite simple. It's classic, but it's simple, but I want to go and learn a bit more. You might go and work at... I'm referring to restaurants in England, but you know you might have, go and work at the Galvins. Yeah. At Wind at Windows. Windows. Windows at yeah. Galvin, because you know they're going to have good techniques and it's still going to be yeah, solid. Yeah, definitely solid. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, but then they might say, right, when well, I want to go and work modern, you know, I want to go and work somewhere with a bit more technique, and you might go to somewhere like Champignon Sauvage or somewhere, yeah. you know, who, who's using more than kind. Of, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you might plan your career like a yeah. bit more as opposed to just like. Back when we were young, you, you, it would be like, oh, I maybe want to go and learn pasta. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I want to. You would go to maybe River Cafe. Let's just say, you know, it would be yeah. more like that. Where now it's a bit more. It's got to be a bit more in depth of how you plan your career. Yeah, does that make sense? It's, it's, yeah, one hundred percent. And actually going there and doing the solid time, you get a lot of people now who stage is great, and you can a lot of people just go out and they won't even work anywhere. They'll just do stages wherever. Yeah. And then come back and, and want to do their own thing. And so we haven't actually worked solely in, in restaurants. You've just gone out and staged at probably 15 restaurants, but now you yeah. come back and you're doing your own thing. It's like, okay. Yeah. you got to learn everything solid and, and do your times. No, for, definitely. In that, yeah, it has changed. What do you think about stagiaires? What's your, what's your view on stagiaires? No, it's great. It's a great idea. I mean, there's do obviously... It's, do you think it's exploited at all? Uh, yes and no. Uh, I don't really know. No, yes and no. I think at the end of the day, if people, if you want some experience, see, I don't think so. I've staged. I staged at the Fat Duck, and I didn't work there. I just staged there. Yeah, but then that's different because you've you've worked in solid kitchens. You know you're cooking. You know your food, so you can start at the Fat Duck and take a lot from that. Yeah, but the the, the point I'm making is, I think, is when I started at the Fat Duck, I didn't think I was getting exploited because I got fed an awesome lunch at lunch. Yeah. I got fed an awesome dinner at dinner, not the restaurant dinner. At, yeah, you know, fact, staff yeah. dinner. No, we did. We got two two meals a day. Two great meals a day. We got coffees. We got, got coffees. Yeah. The music was on. Yeah, yeah. It was a really fun environment. You didn't. You got worked pretty hard, but not. There was a few times where you might be on like a late and then an early and through that. But you weren't getting like properly slogged. Everyone spoke to you really nicely. There was no one. It was a really caring and, and, and nurturing. I, I go on about this all the time. So people are like, I wish you'd stop fucking talking about that. But that was great. I, yeah. Let's put it that way. But you did have to. I did eight weeks. You did have to commit to four weeks. Hmm. I think that. Oh, I can see why they do it. Where now I feel like when again when I did. Um, I did a few stars when I was younger. I did a, a pool court. I don't know if you know pool court. It was in pool Leeds. Court. It was a one star. Yeah. Uh, I think it was called Jeff Baker, the head chef. He was a fucking amazing cook. I went and did a stage for two days. So now I did it like four times over a couple of years. Yeah. And I said, "Oh, can I come and do another couple of days?" And it was fine. I could just go down there. Just do two days. Oh, it's raining. Do two days, 
and um, and it was all, it was all it was all good and well. When now you can't get a stage for two nah, days. No, no way. You got to commit to some places of three months. Like now that's now for me that's it's good. Mm. But if your restaurant can't survive without it as well, I think that I think there's can, so much high demand as well for it. There's a yeah. lot of people want to get into these restaurants, top restaurants now. If you do three months at a restaurant as a stage, do you think you should be able to say you work there? That all depends. I don't. I don't know with some of these restaurants. From my experience of that, with some of these restaurants, you weren't working on a section. You weren't responsible. That's what I'm You weren't responsible, and you weren't on a section. A lot of places you won't be on a section, you won't have the responsibility of the day in, day outs of the orders and all that sort of stuff. You'll literally be there picking herbs or chopping things in a prep kitchen all day. So there's two ways you can look at it, right? People want to say, I worked here, I worked there. Mm. And I guess I, like, I was probably, I've been guilty of doing that as well. But like, what does it fucking matter where you worked? What does it matter where you worked? Really, you can say, I've worked here, I've worked there, I've worked the other, all good and well. But if you can't do the job, it doesn't matter where you've worked. 100%. I said that the other day to one of the guys at work. I said, it doesn't matter I've worked here or worked there or Fat Duck or Noma or Rhodes or Paul. At the end of the day, I've got to prove myself. I've got to put food on a plate now, serve food up consistently for however long you're in that position for or I'm in that position for. And it has to count for something. Otherwise, it doesn't really matter where I've worked or who I've worked for. It's down to me to use my experience and use it correctly and what I've learned and put it in place. Otherwise... Yeah. So if you do do a stage and you want to say you work there, you can say, well, I've worked, I did three months, I give you three months. Part of that three months, I should be allowed to say that I work there. But then on the same hand, why does it matter to say where you work? I guess it's just to maybe get another job somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost like your Instagram profile now. It's almost like your CV. Do you know what I mean? Like like what you're doing, what you can cook. You can go on there, you can see what people are cooking, what they've cooked, where they've been, who they're linked with, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm really in two minds about it because I really loved going to a restaurant for two days, meet some guys. You know, it was beyond my two days yeah. off. That's when yeah. I would do it. You know, I'd be off like whatever, let's say Tuesday, Wednesday, and I'd be like, well, I'll just go and do a stage somewhere. Or like, I'd speak to the head chef and say, have you got any mates anywhere yeah. that I can go and do a stage with? And be like, yeah, 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 go and do two days here, and that would be cool. Where if that's lost, I think that's a bit sad, really. Like, I'd be, I'm a bit good that that would be lost, really. I don't know how it would work now. I'd imagine with some of the bigger restaurants and things like that, they have actual full systems set up. Yeah, so that's a bit... I don't know. I think that's... A, it's and a there'd bit, be it's plans a... for you all without the three months. I don't know whether you'd be working on a section and be held accountable for a section. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. And then on the other, other hand, is that, like... I can't help thinking that the hospitality... Well, kitchen game is... It never used to be... This sounds... I hope this doesn't sound too bad, but... It wasn't for the rich kids. I no. don't mean that to be rude. You could any, you know, you could be anything. Checking a CV like for crime or whatever, you could have done anything. Yeah. And you're just going to get a job if you can work. People don't give a fuck yeah. as long yeah. as you do a good job. They don't care. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Where now, if your parents can afford to put you on a stage for three months or for a year, and then you can go and do this because you can afford to do it, then it's a bit, you know. And then you've just got some mm. solid lad pushing hard at yeah. Marcus Waring's. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh, it's definitely different. It's different, <laughs> different world. Um, so now you're now you're at ten minutes by tractor. Yeah. Exciting. Are you excited? Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I think the whole kind of move down there with the team there, the people are really awesome. It's a great team. Really cool. Great owners. Um, who are there very often. You get to sort of speak to firsthand. Um, getting away from the city. Uh, actually, sort of dealing more closely now with suppliers and farmers and it's awesome a lot of like, people on that peninsula isn't there yeah it's stuff. wicked some real cool things going on as well um, I seen you picking mushrooms the other day yeah we grabbed them just out and sort of uh, down near the pine trees near near the, the vines and things they were they were really good really beautiful but stuff like that obviously I'm really careful with what I pick and what I go for I know what I can pick and what I can go for Yeah. anything I don't really have an idea of I probably won't even touch because it's just the fact of moving down to the pinch, I get to work more closely with farmers and and sort of all the suppliers and things like that, so I can work out and learn more where it's all coming from, how it all works, um, and all the systems and, and things behind it. There's a lot of produce that is grown on the peninsula, right? Heaps yeah. of berries. Everywhere you move, awesome berries. berries. Like you got your cherries, blackberries, Cherry, raspberries, yeah. strawberries. You've got a big strawberry farm near us, which is really good. We've got some really kind of like little gardens, like family-owned gardens where. An example, I did a, a, a menu for 20 people a few weeks ago, about a month ago. I picked all my proteins. I knew exactly what I wanted to use from, from whatever suppliers. 
mostly Victoria based. Then five minutes down the road up in Main Ridge, a couple called Harry and Mary, old Greek couple, really, really nice, beautiful people. Went into their garden and literally had a walk around the garden with Mary and just went bang, bang, bang. I'll have that for this dish, that for this dish, this for that dish. And your whole menu's done. It's her house on this. Is it? Is it? Is her house on this property? Yeah, it's beautiful. It's like literally it's, her garden. It's her, her, her house, her garden, and it's just drawn everything, yeah, even nice. down to like macadamia tree. Yeah, beautiful. Quince trees, uh, pear trees. And is that just? Does she supply people? Like, is that a business or is it just like? Yeah, it's 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 a kind of small. They do supply. It's not big big yeah demands you can't obviously are they like semi-retired or is that the goal they'll be retired oh right okay so it's just like a little bit of pocket money they yeah i think so in the them. garden yeah but look after the stuff really well yeah. but really nice even like we picked some white figs for a, a white fig dessert oh. she knew that over the weekend we'd be getting some rain so she rang me on the friday night just before we finished service so i've just been checking uh weather dilute forecast them, what it would dilute them yeah or it could real ruin them, bruise them, however the yeah, yeah. however it's gonna happen. Um, do you mind if I pick them first thing tomorrow morning and I deliver you on Monday? Rather than picking them Sunday night and delivering them on Monday. Kind of having that relationship and that kind That's of phenomenal. communication is pretty awesome. Phenomenal. It is really awesome. But like I said, there's some there's some real cool people down there, some small smaller businesses. Um and that's where it all makes sense to be that's when supporting your local look, community. That's where everyone looks after her every step of the way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, she's worried when they're going to get picked. You know, like, it, you know, every, not everyone's getting that. Not everyone no. can get that. It's impossible for everyone nah, to get that. Nah, not at all. But to have that is is absolutely incredible. Yeah. Like, I spoke to Zach, and I don't think he has that with the vegetables. He might have it you know, with some things, but he has that with the fish. Yeah. You know, he has a good relationship with the, with the fish guy. And if you, you know, if you can get a little bit of something like that to make it really special it's pretty, it's pretty awesome no it's brilliant it yeah, is yeah. very good I mean especially yeah so what will be your plans there for the next two years just keep going try and, try and get a good following solid reputation yeah I think so continue I mean they've, they've built such a, an awesome reputation already from what they're doing with their wine the wine's fantastic the winery I love the wine I'm yeah. not, I don't think I'm being biased either I, no, I really do love it yeah um, but just what they've done the last however many years 10 years or so um, just help them continuing that and hopefully take it that next step front of house is awesome really great team all you got sommeliers and all yeah yeah they got sommeliers working there like the whole team what we need really yeah um, so yeah basically just to kind of help continue what they've been building exciting times. and be a part of it it's awesome it's really cool now it's you really can really cool. get your teeth into something right yeah. is that what you feel like you yeah. can get your teeth into something and really give it a good crack yeah and you've got the whole full backing of the owners and actually just speaking first hand with actual owners yeah, restaurant yeah. owners who understand and appreciate and respect I mean Martin's such a cool guy he's he's very about Mornington Peninsula and oh, it's awesome though. yeah he's a the really terroir. good yeah. it, you know, yeah. do you know what I mean <laughs> yeah but, but it's true nah I'm, 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 I'm over the moon for you honestly it's such a good thing right just real quick to finish off favourite cookbook probably one of Gary Rogers yeah probably I would say Gary Rogers or I, I do love the Fat Dog cookbook, cookbook. that's yeah. just purely because spending time there it's like my scrapbook, like recipe book. Yeah, yeah. I can yeah, refer yeah. to that so much. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot easier when you've worked there on the dishes. Yeah. It's yeah. so much easier. Yeah. It's, it's way easier. Um, favorite restaurant? I know my, my favorite meals I've had. Go on then. Say my top three meals would probably be Fat Duck, I would say, was probably my. I'd say Peter Luger's Steakhouse in New York. Oh, yeah. Uh, Brooklyn was probably my third. A second, I'd say the Fat Duck. First was um, a little Turkish restaurant we went to when me and Marie went to Turkey. We heard about this local family restaurant uh, on some back street in the middle of nowhere. So we basically went for a walk there one day, went to check it out, got there with the only table in the restaurant. It was all outdoors. We pretty much ordered like the whole menu. And within like two minutes, there was like five, four or five family members out. They'd cranked up this uh, wood-fired oven they were just cooking, 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 rolling out flatbreads. Everything was just done there and then fresh. And then we just had this massive buffet on the table. And it was the cleanest, freshest, tastiest food I think of of eaten. Yeah, but that's I'm getting The overall experience was just absolutely yeah, awesome. Yeah. And they were just came over to us afterwards, afterwards the um the old man who was the owner came down, sat next to us and asked us like, like, who are you? What do you do? You've asked so many questions, just we just said we're a couple of chefs from, from England or from Denmark as well. Uh we just really wanted good local food and, and if you've given us like Best. way beyond an experience yeah, we expected awesome. then he rips down some grapes from the vines and we had the grapes for dessert and then he invites me back at the night time we sit there on this massive glass of racket racket 
I guess it's like a oh yeah. man it was disgusting but I just felt I had to sit drink, there yeah 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 and yeah, I had yeah, to drink yeah. it and Marie's looking at me I'm just like I can't drink this shit it's awful but he was so proud and so I was like introducing us to all the, the guests and Beautiful. and like the local people so yeah the, do you remember where that was? it was near Fetier okay. in the south of Turkey yeah nice really cool um, I've got restaurants that I, I like to go to but they're more kind of smaller favourite ingredient? I love artichokes 100% global artichokes global are pretty, artichokes, uh, pretty yeah. awesome Favorite takeaway? Favorite takeaway would probably be Thai. Good uh, Thai last night. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> go to drink. Go to drink. Always a beer or a gin and tonic. Beer, gin and tonic. Yeah. English, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> beer, gin and tonic. <laughs> um, and favorite chef at the moment? I would have to say Heston. Fair enough. Well, thanks very much, Adam. That was awesome. No, thank you, mate. Thank you very much. Anytime. If you enjoyed this week's podcast, please share, like, review on the usual platforms to help spread the word. Until next time, this is Cooking the Books. Mm -hmm.